the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagri at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination. And at the same time, Noble Abhugateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way, he saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Abhugateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Addressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness. I, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no I, datu, up to no mind, datu, no datu of dharmas, mind, consciousness, datu, ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family. Thus it is, O son of noble family. Thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, the whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Go 
Fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, or continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready, a shower of rain, the teachings deep and wide. This jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. Guru <laughs> 
Okay, um, so we are on page 256 uh, in the English, just as a side note. So when we look at karma and its results in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, you'll find that there are three major categories, reflecting on karma and its results in general, reflecting on karma and its results in particular or in a detailed way, and uh, how one engages in virtue and abandons non-virtue after reflecting on karma and its results in general and uh, in specifically or in detail. Um, so, or cultivating ethical uh, behavior. Um, so we are in that third section uh, of uh, how one then engages in ethical behavior and abandons non-virtue. And, and in that uh, section of the outline, we find that there are two categories. Uh, first, a, a general presentation, uh, and then a second category, which is called, in particular, the way of purification through the four opponent powers. Uh, so that's the section we're dealing with uh, today. Uh, in particular, 
the way of purification uh, through the four opponent powers. Um, so uh, um, when we look at Jayan Sheba's uh, commentary, um, and we compare it to the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, we'll find that uh, there is uh, the difference in that Lama Tsongkhapa presents us with one category uh, for this section. Uh, and then Jayan Sheba uh, breaks this down uh, into um, eight uh, different categories. Uh, and now we're currently in the fourth category, and the fourth category has nine categories in total. Uh, so that's what we're going to go over today. Um, so uh, this is again beginning on page 256 uh, in the English uh, text. The Dixon, Don ตามมันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามมันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามมันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามมันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามมันมาบิชิงซะซวนตามมัน
so so specifically um, the section that we're in when we look at Jayan Sheba's outline uh, is in the fourth section uh, there are nine parts. This is going to be the ninth part. The ninth part is, uh, um, or the ninth, you know, the ninth one, uh, is that there are some persons who, who uh, 
um, uh, um, can't eliminate their, their karma, um, or that it's not definite uh, that all persons can eliminate their karma. Um, uh, so that's the um, ninth category of uh, the fourth. Um, so uh, it reads as follows. It is not definite that some particular persons can eliminate their karma. Buddha spoke of this in the <coughs> Concentration Sutra. King uh, Suradatta killed uh, Supusbakandra and felt contrite about it. He built a stupa and made very extensive offerings, three times each day, and he would confess his sins. He did this for 950 billion years. Even though he maintained his ethical discipline correctly in that way, upon his death, he was reborn in unrelenting hell. For 10 or 20 billion eons, he exp uh, experienced limitless suffering, uh, um, having his eyes squeezed out and so forth. Nonetheless, confession is not senseless, for if you do not confess sins, you will experience sufferings that are greater and of longer duration than if you had uh, uh, confessed them. Um, so here, uh, this category deals with um, a person named King Suradatta who killed his wife um, and then felt regret for having done this. Uh, so uh, Rinpoche said, uh, develop that first opponent power. Um, uh, um, um, uh, of eradication. Uh, so he developed this I idea within his mind. Uh, and then as a result, he built stupas and made very extensive offerings, as it says. Uh, and uh, he acknowledged his downfalls and did this for 950 billion years. Uh, and then even though he maintained his ethics, he was still born in the unrelenting hell for a very long time. Um, but if you do not confess... Uh, then no purification will take place. Um, so if uh, the confession takes place, then it can shorten the duration of certain types of suffering. Uh, but if we do not uh, um, acknowledge these downfalls, uh, then they will have to um, um, come to fruition uh, and then stay for uh, as, as long as that karma can produce the experience. So um, uh, we can shorten the length of time uh, of the experience if we um, acknowledge our downfalls, uh, even if we still have to experience, as this king did, the suffering uh, um, as a result of our negativities for a long time. Uh, so our acknowledgement of the downfalls uh, will shorten the duration. And uh, uh, so as a result of uh, doing this deed, uh, the king killing his wife, uh, the king of concentration sutra said that uh, he had uh, his eyes squeezed out and so forth. Um, so uh, um, the karma r resulted in this experience uh, for having done this uh, to his wife. So this is the ninth. Gabatarangabatane what a 
um, so, but now we've gone through uh, Jayan Sheba's outline so far and completed four sections. So the first section uh, in Jayan Sheba's outline deals with uh, those uh, um, non-virtuous deeds that we do uh, even though we uh, um, don't want to, um, because we are under the influence of not knowing or uh, under the influence of the afflictions, uh, and that when we do those negativities, we shouldn't just disregard them or just uh, move on. Uh, we should uh, um, recall uh, that those deeds uh, are negative uh, and then uh, apply some sort of a, an antidote or a remedy uh, and uh, the text it states, uh, uh, it talks about a method, um, uh, uh, the remedy about which the compassionate teacher spoke. Um, so we have to uh, um, apply remedies to those non-virtues that we do, uh, even if they were done uh, under, uh, without our wanting to. Uh, so this is the first category. And in the outline, it is a lot of words like that, too. In Jayan Sheba's outline, there's not a shortened, uh, abbreviated... <laughs> So that's the first. Uh, the second uh, uh, category in Jayan Sheva's outline deals with um, how to remedy downfalls or infractions. Uh, the third category deals with how to remedy uh, um, uh, the misdeeds uh, or sins. Uh, so then the fourth category uh, deals with a philosophical inquiry uh, into these points. Uh, and then we find uh, um, that the non-virtues are removed in various ways. <coughs> Uh, and then there are nine categories in that section. Uh, so now we've arrived at the fifth section, and the fifth section uh, deals with um, the point that there's a big difference between uh, a, pu a purified fault and not having committed the fault in the first place. Um, so uh, this is the um, point, this is the heading in the fifth uh, category. So I'll begin reading. Um, 
through confession and restraint, you can purify yourself of sins without rem any remainder. However, there is a vast difference between the purity of having never been tarnished by a fault from the beginning and the purity attained through confession of that fault. Uh, so, again, there's a big difference between uh, not accumulating the non-virtue in the first place and accumulating it and then purifying it. Um, so then we find a quote from the Bodhisattva's uh, levels, uh, um, Lord Asanga's, the Shansa Tome. So then we find a quote from the Bodhisattva levels uh, by uh, great master Asanga. It says, you can redress the occurrence of a root of fraction through adopting the Bodhisattva vow. However, it will be impossible to attain the first Bodhisattva level in this lifetime. Uh, so, uh, even though you can um, um, uh, turn around or purify all of the negativities that one engages in, uh, and here we find the example of a root infraction, uh, and here it says through adopting the bodhisattva vow, um, but it's impossible to attain the first bodhisattva level or bodhisattva, first bodhisattva ground. So the first bodhisattva ground occurs at the path of seeing. So when we look at the Mahayana five paths, we have the path of accumulation, we have the path of preparation, path of seeing, path of meditation, the path of no more learning. Once one reaches uh, the path of seeing, uh, then at that point, the, he or she um, is uh, uh, on the first bodhisattva ground or the first bodhisattva level. Um, so that occurs at the um, path of seeing. So it's stating that it's not possible to attain that first bodhisattva level in this lifetime if uh, one engages in a root downfall or, uh, and then uh, even purifies it. Um, so it's showing the difference. And then Rinpoche said, uh, we can use this example that if one uh, breaks his or her leg, uh, then it definitely, when it is repaired, isn't as strong as an unbroken leg. Uh, even though the brake has been fixed, uh, it's no longer broken, uh, it's not as strong as it was before that happened. Uh, so this is a good example that allows us to understand that a, uh, a negativity uh, um, engaged in uh, but purified is very different than uh, not engaging in it at all. Uh, and then it says, further, the sutra gathering all the threads states that even though you clear away uh, sins, you will need at least ten eons to attain the level of forbearance, second of the four levels of the path of preparation. The youthful Manjushri asked, O Bhagavan, if someone under the influence of a sinful companion were to do such a thing as abandon the teaching, how, Bhagavan, would this person be freed from that in this lifetime? The Bhagavan replied, Manjushri, if you were to confess your fault three times a day for seven years, you would clear it away. Subsequent to this, you would uh, attain the level of forbearance in ten eons at the least. Uh, therefore, complete pur purification means to completely purify yourself of the arising of unpleasant effects 
I think that's where, where how, I'm going to read just it here. However, since you greatly extend the time needed to attain such things as knowledge of the past, strive not to be tarnished uh, by faults from the start. The Buddha said that for this reason, noble beings do not consciously engage in even the subtlest of sins or infractions, even for the sake of their own lives. If it was the case that purity through confession was similar to faults that have never taken place, then there would be no need to act in this way. This is also evident in the world. Although an injured hand, foot, and so on may heal, they are different from the ones that never had uh, an injury. That's so, again, we have a quote uh, from the great master Asanga uh, from his Bodhisattva levels. Uh, and it says, uh, you can redress the occurrence of a root infraction through adopting the Bodhisattva vow. However, it will be impossible to attain the first Bodhisattva level in this lifetime. So here, uh, you can redress the occurrence of a root infraction. Um, so when we, uh, this is speaking of uh, the Bodhisattva vow. Uh, and when we look at the Bodhisattva vow, there are root vows and then there are secondary vows. There are 18 root vows, uh, beginning with uh, um, not criticizing others uh, and so forth, um, or not disparaging or criticizing uh, others um, while speaking of your good qualities. Um, uh, so uh, this, uh, uh, there, so there are 18 root vows. So if someone who has a Bodhisattva vow um, breaks one of those root vows, uh, and then he or she takes the bodhisattva vow again, then there is a purification uh, that takes place. Uh, the non-virtue can be purified. Uh, however, uh, it makes it impossible to achieve uh, um, that uh, first bodhisattva level uh, in that lifetime uh, because there was that occurrence uh, of the root infraction. Um, uh, so uh, this is uh, what is meant in the Bodhisattva uh, Sangha's Bodhisattva levels. Tatanama Nabatava Dubi in Dolisato, Jambe and the Sanjil Jews, Hanjin Jambe and Leja, and so Kushin, and the Jambe and Kushin, Kushin the Bear, and the Sanjil the Land, and the Land Legdua, Nabata, 
So, so here we'll find a quote from the sutra, the gathering all threads. Gangyasena the injike, the the tolan julan, the julan ewaje, the nipa. Okay, so uh, we have the sutra gathering all threads, and we have a question and answer that's going to take place between Lord Buddha and Manjushri. Um, so I'll read uh, this through. Uh, and it says, further, the sutra gathering all the threads states that even though you clear away sins, you need at least ten eons to attain the level of forbearance, the second of the four levels of the path of preparation. Uh, the youthful Manjushri asked, O Bhagavan, if someone under the influence of a sinful companion were to do such a thing as abandon the teaching, how, uh, Bhagavan, would this person be freed from that in this lifetime? The Bhagavan replied, Manjushri, if you were to confess your fault three times a day for seven years, you would clear it away. Subsequent to this, you would attain the level of forbearance in ten eons uh, at least. Um, therefore, um, a complete purification means to purify yourself of the arising of unpleasant effects. 
Um, uh, however, since you greatly extend the time needed to attain such things as the knowledge of the past, strive not to be tarnished by faults from the start. Um, so here, um, Rimache also said, uh, when we look, we look at uh, the path of preparation, there are four levels. Um, uh, um, uh, the heat, peak, uh, patience, and the last mundane state. Uh, um, uh, so uh, we also uh, have uh, um, this forbearance level at the um, path of seeing as well, Rinpoche said. Um, so this forbearance, we, we have a, a heading name uh, at the path of seeing where this forbearance is also. So just as a note, uh, the commentary in parentheses here speaks of it at the path of preparation, but Rinpoche mentioned that. Uh, and I believe that's everything. Uh, so the point is, is that we can purify uh, the fruition of the karma um, uh, itself. In, in, in times, it means uh, shortening the duration uh, of uh, uh, the, the uh, suffering that takes place. Digson. Debu Debasan 
um, so uh, this is uh, uh, number uh, five, and it's showing that uh, um, there is a difference between uh, purification uh, that's uh, a non-virtue that's been purified uh, and not having engaged in the non-virtue at all. So then we find all of these points that are made about that. So now Jay Rinpoche summarizes uh, after the quote from the Sutra gathering all the threads and says, Therefore, complete purification means to completely purify yourself of the arising of unpleasant effects. Uh, so if there is a complete purification, then all of the negative experiences, uh, suffering experiences, are eradicated as well. However, since you greatly extend the time needed to attain such things as knowledge of the path, uh, strive not to be uh, tarnished uh, by faults from the start. Um, the Buddha said that for this reason, noble beings do not consciously engage in even the slightest of sins or infractions, even for the sake of their own lives. So uh, by engaging in non-virtuous activities, uh, it causes us to uh, um, um, not, uh, it causes it, uh, us to take much longer uh, to achieve the various knowledges of the paths of accumulation, preparation, seeing, meditation, and so forth. Um, so it really lengthens that period of time uh, for that wisdom uh, um, to arise. Um, so this is really uh, very different than having not engaged in that non-virtue at all. So we see uh, that there still is um, this uh, um, uh, experience that comes from the deed itself. Um, uh, that's it. Uh, so we have to be very careful. Okay, so then it says, the Buddha said that uh, for this reason noble beings do not consciously engage in even the slightest, subtlest of sins or infractions, even for the sake of their own lives. If it was the case that purity through confession was similar to faults that have never taken place, then there would be no need to act in this way. So beings who are beings, uh, superior beings, um, uh, try to abstain from non-virtuous activities. Uh, it says even for the sake of their own lives, because uh, they recognize the, the negativity uh, the, uh, that comes from or arises from uh, engaging in uh, even the subtlest of non-virtues. Um, so uh, um, these very subtle non-virtues um, give rise to experience still, uh, and although they can be purified, um, uh, um, they still uh, tarnish uh, one's um, future, uh, um, future happiness, yeah, their future uh, happiness. Uh, and potential, uh, as it says, uh, so, and the potential is in the, um, it's, it, it extends the time needed to uh, attain such things as knowledge of the path. Um, so we have to be very careful at the beginning uh, to not engage in the non-virtue, to not accumulate the non-virtue, just as the Aryas do. Uh, so if it wasn't the case, 
um, that uh, there was this negativity um, when we engaged in non-virtue, uh, then the Arya beings uh, wouldn't need uh, to behave in the way that the way that they do. It wouldn't be necessary for them to abstain from non-virtuous activities if just a simple acknowledgement of the downfall and so forth would purify it in the same way uh, that having not done it in the first place. Uh, um, uh, same way, not having done it in the first place is, uh, or um, in the same way, not having done it in the first place uh, um, doesn't produce any of those negative results. I know that was a run-on sentence, but I think everybody understands what I'm saying. So, uh, um, so then. Jason Botamarbe, both Ushun Jason Dorota. Treabumena, Kushine, and the Prusin Chunasa and the Momogushinagua. What the God, the Abu Diva 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 Momosa Vaina, what the Jason the Prusin Shida Navarres, Prusin Shinate, Jason San Momushigrota, what the Diva Mosa Vaina, what the Dibi Ku Jason or Hunu is the Ku Jaso. Jasun's ちょっとのサバイナはで、デバ、デバサシャバテはで、ボトチュナサバンダブです。ボタジネ、ニャンスレグベペサ、ペ、ペテンドスンジャージベ。ボティニ、ボドジャテ、ジャスノブロケ、
the number now we're on number six of Jayan Sheva's outline, uh, and it deals with the two um, examples or analogies uh, of a boat. Um, so, of a sturdy boat uh, and a boat that's breaking. Um, so this is the sixth category. Um, so through striving in that way, you should do as the collection of indicative uh, verses says. A person of sinful conduct who has committed sins uh, and not gained merit, who has parted from the teaching and attained its opposite, will fear death like a wheat boat breaking apart in a great river. A person who has gained merit and has not committed sins and who has practiced the teaching of the Holy One system will never fear death like a sturdy boat going uh, across the river. Um, so here the analogy is being made, or the comparison is being made, between non-virtuous activities and a boat that's breaking apart, a leaking boat. Uh, so if we have a boat uh, and we're in the water or in the ocean uh, and it starts to break it apart, then everyone would be killed. Everyone would drown and die um, if there was no um, uh, boat for them to, you know, to um, float in, uh, if it broke apart. Uh, so it says, we'll fear death. Um, uh, um, so uh, um, this is uh, um, something that uh, is very dangerous. Uh, likewise, engaging in non-virtuous activity keeps us bound to cyclic existence. Um, uh, so then it says, a person who has gained merit and has not committed sins and who has practiced the teaching of the Holy One system will never fear death like a sturdy boat going across a river. Um, here, uh, the river that we're speaking of is the river of cyclic existence. Um, so one is able to take that sturdy boat uh, to the um, uh, higher realms, take that sturdy boat of virtuous uh, behavior uh, to liberation, take that sturdy boat of virtuous behavior uh, to complete Buddhahood. Um, so this comparison, the t comparison is made uh, between non-virtue and a bad boat uh, and virtue and a good boat. Um, so um, this is number six uh, in Jayant Sheva's outline. Um, and uh, we are able to be free from the suffering of birth, uh, aging, sickness, and death, and able to go to the other side uh, of cyclic existence, across a river. So the other side of cyclic existence to liberation and Buddhahood. Um, so uh, that's it for that section. Uh, so it's time to take a break. <coughs> Oh, <laughs> Chimi 
So, uh, when we look at Jayan Sheba's outline, number five, uh, is the, there is a difference between uh, um, a uh, non-virtue that has been accumulated and purified uh, and not having engaged in the non-virtue at all. Uh, so that's number five. And then number six uh, deals with an analogy. And uh, um, Excuse me, virtue and non-virtue are compared to uh, boats. Uh, non-virtue compared to a bad boat, uh, and virtue uh, compared to a good boat. Um, so it says that um, a person of sinful conduct who has committed sins and not gained merit and who has parted from the teaching and attained its opposite will fear death like a weak boat breaking apart in a river. So one will achieve as a result of uh, engaging in non-virtue and not gaining merit um, uh, the su- various sufferings. Uh, so one will experience uh, as a result these sufferings of birth, aging, sickness, uh, and death. Uh, and this is what this bad bro- boat brings us to, uh, uh, brings us to the experience of suffering. Uh, and then uh, our virtuous deeds uh, are compared to a good boat. It says a person who has gained merit and not committed sins and who has practiced the teaching of the Holy One system will never fear death like a sturdy boat going across the river. Uh, so uh, the virtuous deeds um, are then compared to a sturdy, a good boat that gets us across the river uh, to the other side, to the higher realms of cyclic uh, existence of the gods, humans, uh, to liberation, to complete Buddhahood. Uh, so this is uh, the sixth category in the, the uh, um, examples that are given. Yeah, yeah, So number seven deals with the need for practice. Um, So if you know a lot or you know a medium amount or you understand a small amount, you need to practice. Because if you uh, know a great amount but you don't practice, uh, then this uh, won't be helpful. So um, you have to uh, put these words into practice. Uh, You um, uh, have to to do uh, what is beneficial. Um, so this is number seven. Uh, do not act like the person of the first verse, but do whatever you can to act like the person of the second verse. Further, there is little sense in saying many reasonable words, but acting in an unruly way. Even if you know only a little, there is great benefit in practicing whatever teaching you know by casting aside what is wrong and adopting what is right. The collection of indicative verses says... Um, so. Whatever your level of learning is, you need to uh, um, engage in practice.
ตาดูบาดูกอดันเดลนารีชวันเดเรนดัวเตอร์ยอเลมาจีบาอินาตันดาชุชุงเรสชุชุงเลมาเชจังกางเชบาเตดอเลนจีดูนาตันเชเตส
uh, it is that we uh, do not act like the person of the verse, but do whatever you can to act like the per first verse, but do what you can to act like the person of the second verse. Uh, further, there is little sense in saying many reasonable words, but acting in an unruly way. Even if you know only, only know a little, there is a great benefit in practicing whatever teaching you know by casting aside what is wrong uh, and adopting what is right. The collection of indicative uh, verses uh, says. Um, uh, so, um, so uh, if uh, we, um, n we need to engage in these practices uh, that we read about and know about, um, if we don't uh, engage in the practices, then there really won't be any meaning behind uh, what we're uh, um, studying. Um, so it's really necessary for us to apply uh, at whatever level we are at the practices that are applicable to ourselves, uh, to us. Um, because without doing so, uh, we really won't uh, get anywhere. Um, uh, so you... Uh, um, have to behave in this way. So then we have this quote uh, from the collection of indicative verses. It says, The unruly may speak at length on what is reasonable, yet they do not act accordingly. Like herdsmen counting others' livestock, they do not attain the fortune of virtuous um, practice. Um, so there's really no meaning to, um, uh, and no benefit, no meaning to counting, uh, a herdsman counting someone else's livestock because um, they uh, will be of no uh, benefit. Um, so, uh, if um, somebody uh, um, is, is a scholar or understands this very well, but still acts in a non-virtuous way, um, they uh, won't attain uh, what is meaningful. They won't attain uh, the happiness. Um, so they will attain uh, suffering. Those who practice the teaching in accordance with their instructions and eradicate attachment, hostility, and ignorance attain the fortune of virtuous practice, uh, though they may speak little of uh, what is reasonable. Um, so uh, here, uh, um, if, they, uh, if you practice the teachings, um, then you get rid of this, um, the three poisons of attachment, uh, hatred, and ignorance. Uh, um, then you achieve the fortunes of virtuous practice, the um, uh, various uh, um, positive experiences. The, through delighting in conscientiousness and in fearing unruliness, monks pull themselves from the miserable realms like elephants pull themselves from the mud. Through delighting in conscientiousness and fearing unruliness, monks shake off all sins like the wind shakes leaves from trees. Um, so uh, that's it. Decent. <coughs> Gabajibayina 
Yandatala Tene Tanjilmanamoroadres,Tanjilgugres,Chibi,Tanjilrubi,Jimedumoroadres,Chibi,Tanjilrubi,Jimedumoroadres,Chibi,Tanjilmanamoroadres,Chibi,Tanjilman
this is the eighth point uh, in Jayan Sheva's outline. It says, uh, this being so, the proper view of dependent arising and the causality of the two types of karma is the indispensable foundation for the practices of all the vehicles and the aims of all beings. As uh, Nagarjuna's friendly letter says, if you actually desire high status as a human or deity and liberation, you must familiarize yourself with the correct view. With wrong views, even a person who acts well will have uh, terrible fruitions in all lives. Uh, hence, using what has been explained as illustrations, you should look at mindfulness of the excellent teaching, the Sutra of the Wise and the Foolish, the Hundred Action Sutra, the Hundred Bodhisattva Stories, the prefaces uh, in the discipline, and other scriptures as well to develop an intense and enduring certainty. Take this to be a goal uh, of crucial importance. Um, so here it says the proper view of dependent arising uh, and, and the causality of the two types of karma. Here the two types of karma are speaking of white karma uh, and uh, um, black karma. Um, so here, um, this is the abandoning uh, um, the non-virtuous deeds uh, and engaging in uh, the virtuous deeds. Um, so um, this is what the causality of the two types of karma. Um, so, and then we find this in all vehicles. Um, the um, karma and its results becomes a very important uh, subject in all vehicles, in the hearer's vehicle, in the solitary realizer vehicle, in the bodhisattva vehicle, in the tantric vehicle. Um, all of these vehicles um, require these, uh, this um, virtuous activity. Um, so here when in Nagarjuna's friendly letter, um, where it says, uh, if you actually desire high status as a human or a deity and liberation, you must familiarize yourself with the correct view. Uh, the word golm is used, so it, you could also translate this as you must meditate on the correct view. Um, with wrong views, even a uh, person who acts well will have uh, terrible uh, fruitions. Um, and then the Jayan Sheba Jepa, the Mingare? Jeba Tere, Jeba Lotus Hudu, Yanta Vitala Nantes, what then Sajid in Alul Jirmuche, Yanta Vitala the Avashira is Najun Zegadus, Vitala Nantes, Nede Lapsa, what did Nunal Martin de Jebuudua? So the section eight, the kind of the main heading is the Yanta Vitala Kumbas. Necessity to f meditate on the correct view or familiarize oneself with the correct, cor cor correct, correct, <laughs> correct view. What that? That jiba that sambaja angun sambadi chibisi thala ludo sela sungunan that sambaja angun sanre that that chibisi thang. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so um, now when we look at the um, outline of the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment, we have the major heading, Training the Mind, the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, and then there under that are three categories. First, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity. Uh, and then the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity. Um, and then uh, dispelling misconceptions related to a person of small capacity. 
Um, so we've now completed the section, which is the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, and now we would move into the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity. What that was it? Jiba de Tadana Shidi or Shidi Kete, Turi Tabangajena, Turi Ladami, Tano to Dundutua and Dabata, Tabatua and Dubayova Yena, Yanta Vital Kumashiku, Estamarba, Tatama de Le Chujita Chugata, Taos Marbe, Chujita Chugata Taos Mo, Chujita. Sugat Tabata Anata, Guineta, what the Tuba Dumba, you can say what the Chuji Abusumatu, Rajiji Kaman Kanamatuata, Chibi Kanamato, Yabusumatuva Inaya, Kunchula Chiki Tabata, Lendela Chiki Tabayuza, Nyon Chigmaris, Lul Genuris, Sanji Gotasumaris, Lul Genuris, Marbe, Lul Chigris, Lutusu, Nendendul Chine. Kazan的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们的时候,我们
Um, uh, so the Buddha responded by stating that um, the reason that there were um, such immeasurable uh, numbers of Nagas now um, is because previously um, uh, um, people um, um, engaged in, uh, became ordained, uh, and then uh, engaged in uh, non-virtuous behavior, but kept, were able to um, keep their faith and conviction in the refuge in karma and its results very solid. Uh, even though they had lapped in ethical discipline, ethical discipline is referring to those um, kind of common uh, ethical behaviors, something that would be common to both those who are ordained and those who are not. Uh, and then rituals, which are those behaviors which are uncommon or specific to the ordained, such as not, cut, not cutting down a tree. Uh, not cutting down a tree we find in the um, um, vows of the monk or nun. Uh, but it's not common. It's not a, a, a ritual or a discipline that's found uh, within uh, the householder's um, behavior. Uh, so that's what's meant uh, uncommon. Uh, and then uh, livelihoods uh, um, also uh, were lapsed. Um, so, but this philosophical view, the faith and conviction in karma and its results and refuge was still there. Um, so as a result of, of that, uh, many of these beings were born as Nagas. Uh, so they weren't born into uh, the hell realms, or the, I'm sorry, the lowest of the realms. Um, they were born as Nagas because of not having lapsed on their philosophical view. Um, so um, we find uh, the, um, this is very similar um, uh, to the points uh, that are uh, being made here. Uh, that's saying that uh, with wrong views, even a person who acts well uh, will have terrible fruitions in all lives. So if that wrong view isn't present, uh, then uh, there, uh, um, there is the potential, like in the case of this, uh, in the question of the Naga kings, uh, for that being to um, be born and, uh, in a higher realm uh, than uh, he or she would have been because of that intact, correct view, that intact faith and conviction. Um, so, I know I said it a lot of different ways, but I, I think it's clear. What the shiver is, and the Sony Shuruni is over ten shuas. Lesser. And the Sony could need to do to reach a veterinary so, uh, this is from Nagarjuna's friendly letter, uh, and the, we remember the story of Nagarjuna, uh, who was giving a, a teaching, uh, and the two children arrived, and they were covering their mouths, and Nagarjuna asked, uh, why are you covering your mouths to the two children? And they responded by saying that uh, we're doing this because we're really Nagas and our breath is poisonous um, to others. 
Uh, and the, then Nagarjuna said, uh, don't worry, tomorrow come in your natural form. Uh, don't come disguised. Uh, so the following day, uh, the two children, um, the, 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 the two Nagas arrived in their natural state, uh, not disguised as children. Um, and they, uh, when they arrived, uh, they, were in, they were very scary uh, to the other participants because they were serpents. Um, and Nagarjuna said, don't worry, uh, these are the two children from yesterday. There's no need to be uh, scared. Uh, they are one uh, in the same. Um, so in that story, we have Nagarjuna and uh, this connection to the Nagas. Uh, so these are the Nagas that we're speaking of when we are um, quoting the questions to the Naga kings and so forth, and, and speaking of the, um, the fruition and rebirth as a Naga. Uh, these are the same. The Nagas mentioned in Nagarjuna's story and, and the Naga and this, these points that are being made, Nagas and these points being made. What look at so the the so the many nagas helped uh, master nagarjuna the gombalodru lo robachesung lo nagarjuna nagarjuna okay i said it right nagarjuna lupe momnyeta jedot sukulukumara look at this tea marasura Oh, I see. Um, so, uh, Nagarjuna was able to retrieve the perfection of Wisdom Sutras from the Nagas, and he retrieved the 100,000 verse perfection of Wisdom Sutra, the uh, 20,000 verse, and the 8,000 verse. Um, uh, so he was able to carry them back uh, up, but the, um, the Nagas were really uh, um, uh, holding these texts down in their realm. Uh, so Rimche is saying, we're really holding on, on to these texts, and Nagarjuna was able to retrieve them. So we now, when we're looking at the outline, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, is the major heading. And then we have three categories, the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity, the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, and dispelling misconceptions about the person of small capacity. So uh, we've completed the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity section, and now we've arrived at the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, and then we'll move on to the dispelling misconceptions of a person of small capacity, and then we'll be done with that uh, section. Tanya 
Um, so the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity, previously you had an uncontrived interest in this life, while your interest in future lives has merely been an understanding that follows what others say. You have generated the attitude of a person of small capacity when these interests change places and your interest in the future become more paramount, has become paramount while your interest in this life has become merely incidental. However, you must make this attitude stable. Thus, once it has, uh, once, thus, once it has occurred, cultivate it diligently. So here there's a change in the attitude. Um, so previously we thought of the, this life and we're interested in this life. Um, and then, uh, um, as a result of uh, this, uh, we become interested in more uh, in future lives. Um, so once this, um, we have this uh, interest <coughs> more in future lives, uh, and, and uh, um, it is very solid, uh, then uh, we see that we have um, um, really achieved this attitude of a person of small capacity. So if we were to say, how do we measure this attitude? We measure it by seeing if uh, one has generated uh, this interest in future lives and kind of abandoned this interest in this life um, uh, has kind of switched those those um, uh, switched the emphasis on those. Uh, so for uh, previously um, emphasize uh, having more emphasis on this life uh, and then switching it to an emphasis on the future life. Um, so this is the measure of if someone has the attitude or not. Okay, Could <laughs> Um, so, uh, there's a story of Lord Atisha, um, and uh, Lord Atisha arrived at a temple, uh, and there was a man uh, circumambulating the temple, 
Uh, and Lord Atisha looked at him uh, and said, uh, this is very good what you're doing, um, but you should uh, be practicing Dharma. So then the man thought, why, why would Lord Atisha say this? I am circumambulating a temple. Did the Buddha not say this? Uh, and then the next time Lord Atisha arrived, the man was uh, studying a text, uh, and Atisha said, this is very good, uh, but you really should practice Dharma. Um, so then uh, the man was perplexed and, and asked Lord Atisha, uh, what is practicing Dharma? I'm doing these things that are Dharma, and it seems like I'm practicing. And Lord Atisha said, give up on this life, or uh, throw away, sometimes translated, but give up on this life, throw away this life, and focus on the future. Um, uh, so this story supports uh, that point, the point made here in the measure of the attitude. <laughs> So when the measure of this attitude is whether or not this uh, change has taken place, um, um, so when we look at the outline, we have the um, uh, um, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. So if we have the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, then we have this uh, um, attitude of a person of small capacity. We can say that uh, that's the measure of whether or not we have it. Um, so um, that is uh, changing the way that we have focus, changing our focus from this life to future lives. And this measure of this is whether or not that's taken place, um, whether or not we have the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. So, in order for us to really develop the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, we have to establish by way of sign future lives. We have to establish by way of sign past lives. Um, so this is how we can develop faith and uh, uh, conviction in past and future lives is by establishing them way, by way of signs. So, uh, so we have to develop the faith and conviction that there is a past life, develop the faith and conviction that there is a future um, life. Um, uh, the yi qi dang 
Oh, and we have to establish by way of a sign that there is a uh, uh, um, past life, by way of a sign that there is a future life. Because without establishing in this and this, establishing in that way, uh, in a st- without establishing and developing faith and conviction in uh, past and future lives, uh, then it will be very difficult to develop the determination, uh, the um, the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives. So what is the um, the sign that there is a previous um, uh, life? So right now we have consciousness. So uh, our consciousness now came from a previous consciousness. Why? Because it's consciousness. That that which is not consciousness uh, does not um, produce consciousness. So if we say, uh, um, we can't say that um, uh, the child's consciousness is the parent's consciousness because the child's consciousness isn't the parent's consciousness. It's from the parent's consciousness because the child's consciousness isn't the parent's consciousness. So if the parents' consciousness were that of the same as the child's consciousness, then if the parents were scholars, the child would be a scholar. And if the parents were not scholars in something, the child would not be a scholar in something. Or if they were wise in something, uh, they would be wise in it. Or not smart in something, not smart in that. So we find that, though, not to be the case, uh, that the consciousness is different. So if it's not the parent's consciousness, then where does it come from? It comes from previous. Why did it come from uh, previous? Um, because it's consciousness, because it's awareness. It came from this previous consciousness. Uh, so all sentient beings' consciousness came from a previous consciousness because it's consciousness. Since all sentient beings have had be- beginningless lives, then we not only establish that all sentient beings are our mother, but we also say that they are our father, our parents, I mean our father, our brothers, our sisters, etc. Um, because of this beginningless nature of all sentient beings' lives that we can establish. And so how do we establish that there are future lives? There are a future life if there at the time of death is still attachment present. If there is an attachment present, then there will be a next. 
Uh, um, so this is how we establish that there are uh, future lives. And that uh, we establish that all sentient beings have been our mothers because we establish uh, all sentient beings having these previous lives. And without establishing these previous lives, it's very uh, difficult to establish that all sentient beings uh, are our mothers. So we have to establish by way of a sign both past and future lives in order to move forward with these other practices. Digson. What was so then we can say that all sentient beings are our mother, are our siblings, are our relatives. This is how Buddhist signs work. If we think a lot about it, uh, we should, if we're thinking a lot, uh, it's similar, we should think in a similar way. Um, so there is a small section in clearing away misconception, but we'll go over that uh, in the future. And when we finish the clearing away misconceptions, we finish the, the small uh, scope section. And then we go to the medium scope. Uh, so the root of the four um, medium scope is the Four Noble Truths. And then we'll go through it. We've gone over the medium scope with the Four Noble Truths, but we'll go over it again. Would be good. Yeah. Decent. So uh, yeah. we'll do the concluding mandala. What is that? Decent. Decent. Okay. Are you true with that lens job? So, Rinpoche said, uh, we can do the concluding prayers, but if anyone has a question, we can address that. So, conclude a mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Ramachekusi Shabi Dandalang, Matsalam Chamokong Tru, 